This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. A field marketer's job is right in the title. They go into the field and really connect one-on-one with customers to understand them and their needs. But what happens when that one-on-one connection is cut off? On this episode of Marketing Trends, Monica Bowie, who currently serves as a marketing manager at Salesforce, discusses how field events shifted into the virtual world. Plus, she dives into what it means to be the global president of Boldforce, Salesforce's Black employee research group, and she discusses the importance of diversity. Enjoy this discussion. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Monica, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? It is great to have you on the show today. We're going to be talking about some really cool stuff. We're going to get into the mind of a field marketer. We've been talking so much about the changes in field marketing uh, due to coronavirus and everything. So we thought we'd uh, we'd bring on an expert here. We're going to talk about bold force, diversity, and all of that, plus your background. So let's get into it. Monica, how did you get started in marketing in the first place? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I would say I would go back to undergraduate uh, college. So I'm a student of curiosity. So I got a degree in journalism because of this. I'm always curious about what information is out there and what do you actually need to be an effective storyteller and tell other people's stories. And so when I thought I would be a journalist, uh, that's how I got my career started. And it initially pivoted me into sales where I still had to correct and craft that messaging of how to tell powerful stories. And it turned out to work well for me as a salesperson um, to connect with customers and consumers. And then I would say my sales career led me to a few really pivotal changes in our climate. So I was around when we went from shifting from the flip phone to the iPhone. I was a marketer and advertiser with Verizon. I also was around before digital life and online marketing was around. I did advertising with AT&T. And so I did a Google pay-per-click and search engine optimization um, and AdWords and all of those fun things with going online and leaving the old school phone book behind. And then I also shifted from one of my careers at CareerBuilder. I used to work with traditional job boards and how to get postings on job boards. And so I shifted from that to social and talent networks. And so I would say marketing actually found me very early on in my career uh, through those transformations. And it taught me the power of storytelling. It taught me the power of uncovering the needs of our customers. And now I am a field marketer with Salesforce. And so I am right face-to-face with customers, used to be face-to-face with customers on a daily basis, but now engaging with them more so uh, virtually. Yes. So let's dive into what it means to be a field marketer today. Because you're working ABM, you're working one-to-one, you have named accounts that you're working on, and uh, everything was turned upside down with, uh, with COVID. No more field events. Like, What does this look like? How has your day-to-day changed? How has your mindset shifted for how you approach marketing? Yeah. And so 
you know, field marketers, we probably would think that we are, in fact, some of the closest marketers to our customers because we used to, like you mentioned, physically go to a customer or have a customer come to us to engage with them literally in the field. And so we used to do engagements and dining experiences and social experiences and curate things for them to actually attend in person. And so just like you said, I will think, I think our team was actually able to pivot the quickest because we took all of those experiences and shifted to digital. And so we basically are curating now in this new world of COVID ways to still get really close to our customers through what they want to experience. And, and so we're looking at how do we curate the right thought leaders and how do we get you guys more intimate discussions, which believe it or not, the new world of like Zoom and video chatting you get to have more contacts and more conversations than you would, I think, in person because you're removing the need to travel and you're removing the need to be in the same state. And so it's more cost effective. And that's one thing that we actually identified early on as field marketers. And so we're shifting our budget to ways to curate some of that content and things that we need to do to get closer to our customers. So we're personalizing our campaigns more. We're working on more shared values um, experiences. And so, you know, a lot of the COVID crisis has uncovered the need to look at underrepresented communities that are struggling right now. And so, for instance, we do a lot of giving back initiatives with companies that have similar values. So for education and for helping the homeless community, helping raise funds in certain areas. So we've actually been able to pivot really quickly, I would say within the first month. We shifted all of our experiences after canceling all of the flights of travel that we had planned and all of the conferences in person. We've been able to pivot all of those experiences to be a little bit more curated. I would say a little bit more personalized. And we were able to get feedback even faster. And so as soon as a digital experience or a virtual experience is over, we're collecting feedback almost in real time, if not right afterwards, to uh, adjust our next event. And how has that shaped how the sellers approach you all as, as marketers and, and their sales process? So because I used to be a seller, I'll put my sales hat on for just a second. I would say, and especially for me, because I do, again, one-to-one field marketing. So I, that means I work specifically with some of our top accounts on a one-to-one basis versus in a mixed account setting or mixed customer setting. And so I would say that we hear what the sales reps are needing and we can actually, again, personalize those experiences a little bit more one-to-one. And so instead of needing to wait for that big Dreamforce conference that we would do, obviously, annually, if a sales rep has a need that needs to be met this week or this month, we can actually respond to that a little bit quicker. And so while it is a lot more challenging to get things up and running and spent up from a content perspective, we can actually again, answer those needs sooner than waiting on the big conference to take place. And so we don't have to wait for an event per se. We can respond quicker to the sales needs. Have you found that without the like in-person events that there's something that you're missing in terms of like getting some of the more intimate details that you normally get from, from your customers and prospects? Because it seems like digital is great for like scope and scale and like flexibility and seems like you're meeting people a lot of times where they are rather than like vice versa, but you're losing those intimate moments where you get some of that additional information that proves so helpful to figure out, you know, where they are in their journey. I would actually say that barrier might have been removed a little bit more because we're all doing the same things now. We're all in a digital world. We get to see our customers through different channels a lot more. And so 
I might be able to prep for a virtual event or a virtual thought leadership event because I saw one of my customers um, push out content on social media, you know, last week that I can then incorporate into our virtual experience. And so I would almost say we're able to pivot quicker and we're able to meet that need better. Any of the challenges that I would say we've identified is really just some of our virtual events may not land exactly how we thought they would because of maybe technology issues. You know, everyone's on the internet now. And so from a bandwidth perspective, you do have more people that forget to come off of mute for a conversation or their internet freezes. And so you might get that awkward pause. And so some of those just technology challenges, I think we're seeing more happen now just as we're learning to get digital working better for us. But in terms of delivering what content the customers need, I think this environment is actually helping us to do it a lot quicker. What about working with, you know, the leaders on your team and then the other departments within marketing? Have you found that it's like, you know, much of the same? Is it kind of business as usual? I mean, obviously, you know, everything is crazy and upside down, but have you found that like working within with other marketing teams is similar or is it different? It's definitely different in that I think everyone could probably relate to this now where you're, you're feeling like you're getting that screen exhaustion where you're on screen all day, essentially, to have your normal team meetings and your customer meetings and your collaborative meetings with your teams. And so I have actually met more people in marketing and in my group than I probably would have in the, the original world just because we were all busy traveling and actually working in person on different things. And so you kind of have one new challenge arising, which is how do you get a break from being on camera all day, but you you do have that opportunity to connect more. And so we get to network more, we collaborate more, we're sharing our ideas, I think, faster, again, because we've removed that element to actually have to leave. And so we're we're getting more done in a in a shorter time span. Part of everything that is going on right now is, you know, not just marketers, obviously, but everyone figuring out ways that we can increase diversity, that we can be more inclusive. You're at the front lines of that. You're one of the leaders of Bold Force. Um, Can you share what what Bold Force is uh, for Salesforce? Yeah. So Bold Force is our Black employee resource group at Salesforce. Salesforce actually is a super unique place to have an employer resource group because equality is one of our four core values. And so Bold Force is one of 12 equality groups. And so we call them equality groups. Most companies call them ERGs or employee resource groups. But Bold Force stands for Black Organization for Leadership and Development. And so we help to empower, inspire the Black community at Salesforce. We help to you know, increase representation in our own workforce so that it reflects more of what society looks like. We create a culture of inclusion and belonging by engaging with our allies, which is always interesting because we learn so many new things because we have access to this type of culture about each other. And then we empower our employees, which I believe helps increase their productivity when they feel valued, when they feel seen and heard, and they're engaged. And so one of the greatest things that I love about Bold Force is that we we are able right now in this current climate, just in response to all of the things that are breaking and making world news right now, like systemic racism and inequalities that we're experiencing, we are able to actually impact meaningful organizational change. And so, yeah, Bold Force is 
in a nutshell, the Black Employee Resource Group at Salesforce. And it's tied to one of the core values that we have. We've obviously interviewed a lot of Salesforce folks on the podcast. um, And Salesforce is the presenting sponsor of this show for 200 plus episodes. So we're obviously huge fans. But I've been pretty close with Salesforce Military, formerly Vetforce, and have been in and around like Salesforce uh, employee resource groups for, for a number of years. And it's really cool because I think that there is this level of like curiosity and like caring that is uh, that is unique because I think a lot of people, especially with like engaging the black community when you don't necessarily have like roots into that or the military community or whatever it is, you're just kind of like don't know where to get started. And when you have an employee resource group that's strong, like Bold Force and like what you all have built, that you can easily get plugged in. And I think a lot of people struggle with like, how do I make a difference? And when you have things like Bold Force, it is way easier to plug in and know that you can make a difference and start to listen more and not just kind of like talk more, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head when you said listen, because, you know, that's what we kind of do. We take time to listen to our employees. Most companies have, you know, employee surveys, which are great. But when you have an employee resource group and ones that represent so many of our groups. So we obviously have a women's group called the Women's Network, and we have our LGBT group called Outforce, and we have Latino Force for the Latinx community. Again, we have 12 total. You get an opportunity to really listen to what matters to each of those communities the most. And I would say I'm really excited to even be at a place like Salesforce during the time that we're experiencing right now, because they did a great job of listening to the Black community right now and responding to, you know, what does society need? What do our employees need? What should we be doing for our customers and our communities right now? And so Force was able to do a number of listening sessions is kind of what we call them, listening sessions where all of our key execs were in attendance. And eventually it launched a, an amazing initiative to uh, respond, like I said, again, called the Racial Equality and Justice Task Force. And so this task force is designed to be a direct response to end systemic racism and inequalities in the workplace and in our communities. And specifically, this task force is going to focus on four areas. So people, purchasing, philanthropy and policy. And there's so many things that each of those make up. So I only will share a couple, but like, for instance, under the, under the people pillar, one of our new goals that we just announced and released is that in addition to all of the existing goals that we had on hiring, we're committing to increase representation of Black employees by 50% by the year 2023, which I'm super excited about being a woman of color myself, being a a woman who identifies as Black. So I'm super excited about that. Another one that I'll share under the procurement pillar is we're committing to invest um, $100 million in Black-owned businesses over the next three years. And so again, those are just two areas that we've identified to respond to. There's several more, but um, pretty exciting things to see unfold so quickly. The marketer in me sees things like that as such an a clear opportunity to evangelize, to share those things, to share, you know, to get other people involved, to get people to buy into that. You as a marketer and as uh, and as the leader of Bold Force, I'm sure you're you're thinking about the same sort of thing. What what are you thinking about 
What are some of the plans in the works to try to make sure that this is a focus, that it stays a focus, that we keep our, our foot on the pedal here, not just like in Salesforce or, you know, or wherever people are, but, but in America to keep this going? Yes. So thank you for asking that question. Definitely important to, to note that as you are responding to this crisis that we're in right now, as we are becoming more aware as a world, I think a lot of folks knew already that things like systemic racism and inequalities existed. But I think being in COVID is making it hyper aware for everyone to pay attention to. And so I did write a blog recently called Eight Ways to Stand with the Black Community, where I identify eight ways to support the Black community, like lead with empathy, making sure that you do use your platforms for change, which is one of the things that Salesforce does phenomenally well. And like you mentioned, not taking your foot off the gas. And so while this is trending today, we want to make sure as marketers that we're establishing things to make sure we're addressing this ongoing need for our own consumer base. So, you know, marketers could take a look at the diversity makeup of their own marketing teams to make sure they're designed to best serve our consumers with the right products, with the right solutions, with the right messaging. Some other ways that I think marketers can respond right now because we're in an all digital world is look for creatives that are non-traditional creatives that um, can help speak to some of these key things, you know, look for thought leaders. And then how do we actually go to market and engage better with communities of color? I think this is also, again, bringing up great opportunities to address these things. And so I think your point, don't take your foot off the gas on these efforts beyond how long it trends on social media. Make sure you put some things in place like a center of excellence for DEI, specifically focused on marketing. So your content, your employee makeup, your consumer focus is all inclusive. Yeah, I would add to that that you clearly have to vote with your dollars. Like if you're a marketing leader and you control your know, budget and headcount and all sorts of things like that, that I would posit that like one of the ways, uh, and you just mentioned it to be able to support like diverse creators is a great way to do that. Um, and I would add to that, that diverse vendors as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies have like supplier diversity initiatives and things like that. Your company may or may not they're really tough to like deal with. Uh, if anyone has ever like been a diverse vendor and like tried to apply, it's like extremely difficult in the whole process and depending on the company and you know, all that stuff. But you really need to be proactive and you need to vote with your dollars and you need to um, you know, hire folks and spend money with diverse vendors and do those things because um, that is a way that you can easily affect change like immediately. Exactly. It's like, you know, set aside percentage of your budget and just say like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Because then then the buck stops with you and there's no one else that you need approval from. There's no like, you know, you can just Im- implement that stuff right away. And again, I think that this speaks to like the broader like societal kind of like attitude towards like systemic injustice is kind of like you just kind of wait and see what happens. And I think that a lot of people just hadn't didn't have like kind of the cattle prod of like really knowing what was going on. And I think that this provided that for a lot of people. And then now it's like, okay, we'll go kind of make a difference. And I think if you do that and you uh, start to break down some of those barriers, like you have a pretty massive ripple effect that'll happen for literally years and years to come by just, you know, starting to say like right now, like, hey, we're going to set aside X percentage of our budget for diverse vendors or whatever it is. Totally spot on. And yes, I'm, I'm happy to say we do have an initiative in that area. We before 
before this, I guess, crisis became more aware to the world, we already had a supplier diversity program in place through our procurement team. But as a part of that racial justice and equality task force that I mentioned, we are, like I said, investing $100 million in Black businesses over the last, the next three years, which also includes um, a review of our supplier, um, how we onboard our suppliers and our vendors. And so we, yeah, definitely looking to make an impact for, for years to come, which again, I'm super excited about being a Black woman. I, I'm hoping to see the fruits of that come many years down the road. So, and not stop there, right? Reevaluate it after two to three years and see where we can also continue. So really excited about that. Yes. So I think that kind of touched on a few things from your article about, you know, being an ally but I think that there's still also, you know, you, you talked in your article about like education, uh, about speaking up in non-Black spaces, you know, make space, don't take space. Like, can you just kind of talk through about like why these are so important? Why are these are some of the eight ways to stand in support of the Black community? And by the way, we'll, we'll link up the article in the show notes for people who want to check out the whole article. Yeah. So I'll start off with the allyship one, um, because for me, I think A lot of times when we think about being an ally and what you'll see trend is that you'll see people, you know, a hashtag will trend and, you know, in 24 hours, it'll be gone. And so that's not a real display of an allyship. Allyship, we look at it as what does an actionable ally look like? And so an actionable ally is somebody that's super intentional on making change. And so, um, for instance, I'll give you, like you mentioned, a couple of the points from my article. One is educate yourself. And so there's a lot of information out there that's always been there on, you know, what is the experience like of, you know, the Black community or communities of color. And so go take time to watch some of those films and and read great books like How to Be an Anti-Racist is one that I talk about in the article by Dr. Ibram Kendi which talks about the idea that it's not enough to say, well, I'm not racist. I've never, you know, done anything anti-racist. So how can I actually help to fight change? Being up in non-Black spaces is when you're among people that look like you, so your family, your friends, you know, most people do hang with people that are like them. And so you might find yourself in circles a lot of times with maybe just your family, your friends, and you might hear things that you can say, call those things out that are racist. Like, hey, that's not okay. Let me tell you why. So make sure you're speaking up in those non-Black spaces. In a workplace, one of the easiest ways to do that is look around the room and look at your team makeup and make sure that you are doing your part to make sure that your team is as diverse as possible. Hire, obviously, the top talent, but make sure you're intentional on bringing diverse voices to the table again so that you have a better reflection of what society looks like which will only make you a better consumer and marketer. But the other one is make space, don't take space. And so when you invite people of color to the table, make sure you give them a platform, let them use their voice, ask them to write, ask them their ideas, because that creativity, again, especially in the world of marketing, um, you get so many more advantages, the more creative you are, and you get to go to market faster. So when you invite folks to the table, give them time to speak and, and allow their voices and creativity to be heard. Um, so yeah, those are some of the greatest ways, but I would add actionable in front of ally. You want to be an actionable ally. Don't just give lip service. Make sure you're doing things and actively being intentional about how you're making a change. Yeah, it's, it's great advice. And I think it's something that people feel a lot of times like they are either embarrassed 
about or they like don't really know how to behave in this situation. And I think that if you don't educate yourself and you don't do those things and you don't kind of like learn and listen, then you are going to feel those ways. But once you start the process of, of doing that stuff, you'll realize that like, you know, this isn't a, it's not a scary place to be. It's just a place of like empathy and caring for your fellow humans that you like to like learn what somebody else's life to like walk in their shoes, what that feels like. And I think a lot of people, and really it's like a core marketing thing of like, we want people to understand, you know, this, this journey that we're trying to help them on. And I think that that's part of the thing that's been so frustrating watching the black community for the past, you know, I mean, forever, but especially in the most recent years is like seeing people try to explain what it's like to walk in their shoes and other people just kind of saying like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I think, you know, obviously the Colin Kaepernick stuff is like case in point with that, but it's like to be an actionable ally and to do those things, I think obviously, like you said, listening first and then just figure out a place where you can make a difference. Um, and a great way to do that is to talk to your ERG, talk to, you know, people at Bold Force, I'm sure would, would happily help your company. And there's tons of organizations like tech inclusion and others that can help you walk the road from a, in a corporate setting. Yeah. Again, spot on. Yeah. It's so important to hear. I know that it's, you know, being vulnerable is difficult right now. And a lot of folks don't want to mess up, which is fine. But I also would share a perspective from um, the black experience is that this is vulnerability for us as well. So we've, like you said, I've had these experiences for a while. I know what it's like to be Black, but to now have to talk about it almost all the time, <laughs> you have to always, I like to say, channel your inner Brene Brown. Uh, everyone needs to be vulnerable. Everyone needs to be empathetic right now. Um, take the time to understand what someone else's experience is like and listen and believe them when they share it with you. And then, like you said, find a way to really make an impact, find something to impact. You might not be able to do all the things, but the larger your platform and the more influence you have, the greater accountability you should have in this area. So switching gears to some of the cool work that Salesforce has done on the marketing side of things, recently came out with the state of marketing report. One of the things that was a pretty curious stat that we thought was that 69% of marketers say traditional marketing roles limit customer engagement. I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that you've done or you've seen in ways that marketers can grow engagement? You know, what I think some of our top priorities as marketers are to be innovative and uh, like you said, grow in engagement. So engaging our customers in real time. Those are some of our top priorities. Those are also some of our top challenges. And so I think marketers and for myself, we have to just be consumers of data, almost obsessed with data. So we're going to get so much more data now because of, again, everyone is in this, this experience right now of COVID, but really getting really um, hyper-focused on understanding data better. I think marketers need to become more savvy with it and collaborate better with the data that they're learning. Data drives decisions. And so the more we're focused on what we're uncovering and seeing, we can then get better at being innovative and engaging our customers. Um, so I, I would say we might have to kind of put on a hat of a data analyst a little bit as marketers more now. And then, you know, take some notes and some lessons from how we pivoted in COVID to become digital now, right? So we're all digital. I think we'll also be able to see a little bit more experience being brought to the table now that we don't have as many barriers on where we can hire these marketers. And so 
if there was some experience lacking on your team, you can hire really anywhere now because we're all working remotely. And I think that would actually bring more engagement that you're going to be able to diversify the types of folks that you hire now. Monica, I know you have sold many different things uh, in your career and, uh, and, now, and now marketed as well. As you sit in that kind of intersection of, of sales and marketing, you know how critical that empowering sellers are. And part of empowering sellers is the customer journey. We talk about it all the time on the show, but the customer journey for a marketer involves sales if you're selling B2B, obviously. How do you feel like we can empower sellers throughout the journey rather than kind of like the old first touch model? So I'm kind of specifically, I know you do ABM at Salesforce. And so I'm curious, like, how does that customer journey shift with like marketing and sales kind of playing hot potato with how they're engaging throughout the life cycle? Yeah. So I think we have to keep in mind that we can't just engage at certain points of that life cycle, right? I think we have to know that the journey is a continuous journey. And so I think what I've noticed, for instance, Salesforce responded by creating a leading for change series, which is content and virtual event series. And so we're continuously putting out content and virtual events that are going to be thought leadership type events and tips and resources for consumers. So I think that's, you know, it could be at the beginning of the journey of that customer, but they can engage with that content whenever they need to. And so I think as marketers now, we have to just make sure we're continuing to provide content and ways to engage with their customers, no matter where they are in the life cycle, not just at acquisition, not after, you know, at the beginning of creating that lead. So no matter where they are, we, we need to be able to provide that continuous access to content and engagement opportunities. And I think we are able to see some examples of that through our Leading Through Change series right now. Any, uh, any predictions or, uh, or thoughts with uh, how field marketing is, is going to continue to change and evolve? Well, I think, <laughs> yeah, to respond to a couple of things that we, so as, as field marketers, we're consumers of our own stuff, right? We drink our own Kool-Aid. So we're, we're also digital work from anywhere as well as we are expecting our customers to be right now during this time. And so I, I expect to see our product messaging to shift. I expect to see the types of products that are created and that we get to collaborate on to shift. I know more virtual experiences will become you know more normal now. So I think I've seen a couple of online concerts now. And <laughs> so field marketers will be able to engage with customers, I think, quicker. Again, like I mentioned earlier, because we don't have to wait on that key conference that's going to happen at the end of the year, we can put on something a lot faster. And so we'll be, we'll be continuously learning and adapting and adjusting our, our solutions and our strategies a lot quicker. And so we're probably going to be a lot more tired, to be honest. We're going to be a lot more exhausted because we're going to be doing more things more quickly. So yeah, it's fun things like thought leadership events, online concerts, you know, it's some ways to engage where you, we used to do maybe some games, for instance, like sending your customers to a game. Well, we can't do that anymore. So how can we make that a virtual experience? I think we're going to have to get creative about those things. Do you have any uh, favorite campaigns or maybe one that stood out throughout your uh, career? Yeah, right before the end, right before COVID kicked in. <laughs> I wrapped up a campaign. So we do these programs called Salesforce to You. 
on my team. And so it's essentially exactly what it sounds like. We bring Salesforce to you. And so one of my top accounts after, you know, they consumed a number of our newest products, we wanted to bring that conference-like experience to them. And so they have locations here in the US as well as internationally. And one of the biggest locations internationally was in Amsterdam. And so I got to do a Salesforce to you, which includes all the things that make like our big Dreamforce experience is so great. We brought them to the customer's work site. And so think of your thought leadership sessions, your obviously product related sessions, and none of this would be great without Salesforce swag. And so we had the best Salesforce swag and the trailhead, you know, kits and things like of that nature. And so I would say that Salesforce to you both locally and internationally was probably the latest campaign that I had the most fun with. So how has Salesforce enhanced the customer experience? We're working on speed and agility right now, which means we're trying to create as many opportunities to connect with our customers in this new digital world. So one way is through um, our Leading Through Change series, which is a content and event series that we do weekly where customers can get immediate access to thought leadership, tips, resources, you name it. We've also pivoted a few of our products. And so um, work.com was released, which provides solutions for our customers to reopen their workplaces safely whenever we are able to reopen. And so that includes things like our contact tracing, a workplace command center. And then most recently, we just announced something called Salesforce Anywhere, which will help sales reps work from anywhere. And so it's an all digital work from anywhere type environment. And the mobile app is available right now to download. And so again, just kind of working on speed and agility are some of the ways we're engaging and enhancing the experience right now. Okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing of Salesforce. I don't need to tell you this, but uh, for our <laughs> listeners, you can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about how Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. I mean, we already know you've been listening for 200 plus episodes. If you haven't checked out salesforce.com slash marketing, just trust Monica. She's the expert. Reach out to her. She's got you covered. Salesforce.com slash marketing. Check them out. We love them. Lightning round questions. Monica, are you ready? Let's go. Number one, what habit or hobby have you picked up in shelter in place? I would say I picked up a new habit of cooking different types of food. I used to stick to just the same ones. And so I'm, I'm getting more creative with what I cook. <laughs> Favorite thing to cook or eat? You know, I've never been a, the best baker. I need to work on that next. Favorite thing to eat right now for me is salmon and rice. Salmon and rice. What's your go-to to bring to a college football tailgate? A chair. <laughs> <laughs> bring your own chair. <laughs> Who has the best tailgate? Alabama football all day. Roll Tide. <laughs> Do you have a podcast or a book or TV show that you've been binging lately? Yes. So I'm binging How to Get Away with Murder right now. And if you haven't watched it, it's some of the best writing I've ever seen. So you can't blink though, because if you miss anything, you'll lose kind of what the story is doing. But How to Get Away with Murder on Netflix. <laughs> Do you have a hidden talent or passion? Hidden talent. I am an author. I've self-published my own book. I released it last year. It's called What Are You Waiting For? And it inspires folks to not procrastinate and stop overthinking and just to do stuff now, take risks and do stuff now. I love it. I, I try the five second rule as much as I can. If you can do it in five seconds, that's like, 
That's my, my uh, initiative of choice. If you were not in marketing, if you were in some other field, it can be anything you want, what would you be doing? I'd be the next Oprah. I'd have my own network and my own TV show that broke all the records and the barriers. <laughs> well, there is plenty of time and we will, uh, we'll be right here waiting for it. Is there a best piece of advice that you have for someone who is just getting into field marketing? Yeah, I would say be very okay with being creative and thinking outside of the box. Marketing is a well-oiled machine and bringing new ideas to the table and trying new things, especially now in this world, we have more opportunity to try new things. Don't, don't hesitate on trying new things and don't delay. Do it now because, you know, in six months we could be back to normal. So do all of the things that you think you should try now. Monica, thanks so much for coming on the show. We got to have you back soon. This was great. Any, uh, any final thoughts, anything to plug? Yeah, just again, don't take your foot off the gas. And in this current climate, lead with empathy and always bring new voices to the table. Say hi to uh, to all my Salesforce friends uh, in Atlanta, all my Pardos squad over there. I sure will. Love all those folks. <laughs> Thanks, Monica. Take care. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com 
forward slash marketing trends.